0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Tom.
1: So, you just crashed. <laughs> Can it be fixed?
0: Uh, so I, had- didn't, I didn't just crash, by well, the way. no. You threw me
1: when you said that. I didn't crash. No, no, nobody we know of crashed, but... It happens. It does. And uh, so we had someone uh, text us, uh, and they asked such a great question that I can't believe that we haven't covered this yet. Yeah, on the I know. And I'm actually excited. Um, this is going to be a fun yeah. one. So uh, the, the text was uh, basically, you know, um, well, here's, I'll, I'll, here's what they said. Hi, guys. Love the show. Uh, I've crashed a couple of airplanes and was wondering how you know when uh, they're repairable or if they just need to be thrown away. Thanks, uh, Phil. So, Phil. Great
0: question. Thanks for the great question and show topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to devote almost an entire
1: episode to this <laughs> subject, so thanks, Phil. Because
0: it's such a great topic. I can't believe we haven't
1: um, talked about it
0: yet. Yeah, so we'll give you our thoughts on that here shortly, uh, but before we get into that, we have a couple other things to talk about. Uh, first off, I just wanted to say our listeners are awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to bring this yeah, up for, are. gosh, quite a while now, Yeah. Um, but I keep forgetting to. So back when the wives were on, we mentioned that we had uh, had been downloaded in every state except for Alaska. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, and we said, maybe jokingly, maybe seriously, maybe seriously, if any of our listeners knew someone who lived in Alaska to ask them to download and listen to us so that we could have reached all All 50 50 states, states. uh, less than a week after we released that episode, we had quite a few downloads in Alaska and they're still growing and they're growing. So, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah. To whichever one of you guys made that happen. Uh, Thank you. We yeah. can now say that we have listeners in every state, every state, and over sixty countries. That's crazy. Which I think I, is kind of
1: cool. And thank you to our um, foreign uh, listeners yeah. and and hopefully watchers out of uh, country. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's um,
0: yeah. I, I'm I'm just blown away by that. Like I can't yeah. I can't get over that. But it's humbling. It is honestly
1: too ding dongs talking about rc airplanes and people listen it's <laughs> yeah it's
0: I'm, i yeah like i'm blown speechless. away by that um but from the bottom of my heart yeah. thank you uh you guys all make this worthwhile
1: yeah um definitely make makes this easier to do knowing that uh, so many people are are listening so thank yeah. you from me as well
0: greatly appreciated
1: so next up if you don't mind um we're going to be giving away this radio right here uh, the FlySky FS-I6, uh, six-channel transmitter and receiver combo. Just wanted to remind everybody we're going to do that. We talked about it in the last episode. I uh, installed it in an airplane, and uh, my first impression, uh, the thing works flawlessly. Had a solid uh, communication link between the transmitter and the airplane. Um, some quirks with uh, programming that I'm not crazy about, but for the price, um, man, uh it worked great, which is a good thing that it <laughs> worked great because we don't want to give away something that's total crap. Yeah,
0: that would have been embarrassing to, to yeah, try it out, you know, of, after we say we're giving it away yeah. and then, yeah, this it, is
1: not worthwhile. Yeah. Oh, well, here you go. Um <laughs> So far, I'm impressed. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to turn it over to Ron here after uh, after I'm done thrashing. He's going to put it in one of his electric airplanes, yeah, and see how that uh, how that works on the electric side. But uh,
0: yeah, so you got your uh, your stick out and put it in there for yeah. a few flights. Yeah,
1: and like I said, it, it uh, worked flawlessly. So um, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to do a full unboxing and review video. Uh, we'll post that to the YouTube channel here in the near future. Quick question
0: on that, though. With that transmitter, can you get more than one receiver for it? Or is it just bound oh, yeah. to that single one?
1: No. Uh, the thing has, uh, I believe, 20 model memories, and you could have 20 receivers with this thing. And they're surprisingly cheap. Uh, really? I Like the radio. Uh, the radio was 48 bucks on Amazon. Uh, you can buy a two-pack of the receivers that go with that radio for 25 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you want the, um, and those are, those are a hard cased, uh, receiver, not like the soft sided receiver that you'll see in the video, um, that comes with it. These are actually, you know, hard plastic cased receivers, uh, two for $25. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good price. It's a very good I price. Mean, especially if you're wanting to, you know, build a hangar's worth of, uh, you know, airplanes, you'll be able to fly them relatively inexpensively.
0: And who doesn't want a hanger full of airplanes? I mean, really? I mean, yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't,
1: that gets into this hobby.
0: (laughs) Speaking of more airplanes, uh, you have procured another engine for the
1: tri-motor. I did. Uh, So I uh, eBay this time for the win. Nice. Um, uh, Got an OS uh, 120 uh, four-stroke, and this one's with a pump. So we'll be able to mount this one in the nose of our tri-motor, and we can put the tank because of the pump, uh, anywhere we want and not have to worry about fuel draw issues.
0: That'll be awesome. Yeah. Cause then we can put our, uh, we can put the interior however we want it and exactly. not worry about a tank being in the yep. way
1: and not worry about, yeah, where the tank is at. And then, um, speaking of engines, uh, You know the plan. The plan is kind of evolving. Uh,
0: (laughs) We don't know what we're doing yet. That's okay. Well, we know. We know. Early stages for sure.
1: We're going to stick the one twenty that I just got in the nose, Um, and then uh, here on the table we've got the the engine that uh, will also uh, be in a video, uh, an engine run video here, hopefully in the near future, if we can get weather to cooperate. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is an OS ninety one that we uh, one of our friends Reggie uh, gave to us. And the plan was to put this 120 that I just got in the nose and then 291s, you know, one in each nacelle. Um, But we've kind of thinking we may go (laughs) with with a little bit bigger still. Bigger still. Which is uh, Ron's uh, favorite motto, go bigger. Well,
0: 120 inches is not all that big. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think we should do 130. (laughs) Okay. Aim for that.
1: Well, since that's sort of the direction we're going, I'm I'm thinking... um, To to get the headroom we want power wise, I'm thinking maybe a a couple of more of the of the 124 strokes. Uh, So I'm going to be scouring the internet for more uh, 120s, and we may save the 91 here for a future project
0: for something else. Um, Who knows what?
1: But yeah, so um,
0: something else you build because I don't like nitro.
1: And you you figured it out on the the scale that we're kind of looking at Um, a scale prop size is about a a twelve inch or so. Uh, so one twenty you know it's gonna turn a sixteen eight prop pretty pretty good um, maybe a seventeen ten if we can find something that that unusual um, but I think a bigger prop looks better than a smaller prop so even a scale prop at that size, I don't think it's gonna look right so bigger props I'm okay with.
0: We'll see like. We'll see. We just have to build the plane bigger,
1: and we could always go with the 3 blade too, like the the Ford no. trimotors. No, they, well, the one
0: I wrote on was a two-blade.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to say the five ATs. I think uh, some of the the later the B and C models, uh, I believe some of them were equipped with three blades and also had cowlings, which oh you know. Well, we'll have to look, look into cool it more um, too If we're going to model it after the one that you rode on, then it's going to be a two-blade, and we're going to be looking at sixteen-inch props. So since we're going bigger than the plans we have up here on the board, that's not a bad thing. Well, maybe we can push it to 140 engines. oh my gosh well we need bigger engines still then.
0: Oh, these wouldn't do 140.
1: I probably would if we kept the weight down. but that's, uh, we'll, we'll that's see a what it conversation ends up. for we'll some the up at. but for now yeah um, for now we're aiming for 130. But uh, bottom line, I have another new engine coming on the way uh, that I get to tinker with. That's going to be awesome. Which is, yeah, I uh, I like tinkering with engines, obviously.
0: Okay. Next up, okay. I have a bet to settle with you. So, do you remember, way back when when we were doing the the duelists, Okay. We bet each other on whose was faster. Yes. Whoever's
1: was... (laughs) I do remember that now.
0: Whoever's was slower was going to have to provide dinner for us the next time our families get together. Yep. Um, So, should we find out who does the cooking?
1: Well, so, yes, we we should find out. uh, And if you have some sort of proof, that's great. But I can tell you, having flown both airplanes, I I mean, I know which one is faster. But you go ahead and let's provide the Do tell who's is faster. If, like, if I had to... Because I've not told you numbers yet, so this is actually new to you. So, who's I, is faster? I f- feel like flying them-wise, I mean, yours was fast, no question about it, uh, but I feel like mine was faster. Okay.
0: Well, we are going to find out. Okay. Um. So, we have wait a couple... To, huh? Go ahead.
1: I can't wait to find out now.
0: So, we have a couple videos to play showing the official speeds we got uh, on our Maidens. Really? So cool. We, you know, the the GoPros that we had on there actually yeah. have the GPS built into them, so I oh, can that's figure right. out. Okay, so we can figure out how fast we went. So, okay, should we watch it on this fake TV that's behind us? What fake TV? This one. Nice. Thanks. All I right. thought so. So, I'm gonna go first. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. It's a really great shot. <laughs> Yeah, I like it too. Ninety-five miles an hour. You know, I. Mm, I'm mm, <laughs> boy. I don't know. <laughs> Ninety-five, and I'm going to be honest. It's slower than I thought.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. See, man, my my, my impression flying it was not that it was slow. It's just so easy to, yours was so easy to fly mm-hmm. that I, it just didn't feel that fast. It's weird. Well, Gosh, 95 little, is what I I'm got. I'm actually a little nervous now. I was hoping for, <laughs> I felt fast compared to <laughs> yours, but
0: man. I was hoping for 100, but you know what? 95 is good for now. So you ready to find out what you got? You know, yeah. yeah okay. Let's, all right. So I will give
1: you, split second, 98. It, yeah. 98. It's still not a 100. Lot. No, neither one of them. Um, you know, that's a lot closer uh, than I would have expected. Like, I like, really, no kidding, having flown both of them, I felt that mine was, like, noticeably faster. But, uh, I mean, obviously— The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. You did win. How about that? So
0: I will be cooking next time. However— yes. The bet was who was faster on our maidens. You were faster on our maiden. I will fully give you that one.
1: Under protest. (laughs) Under protest. Okay, what's the protest?
0: Camera position.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see that.
0: So Tom had his camera mounted right behind... Yep, right your, behind the canopy. Your
1: canopy. Right on top of the fuselage.
0: And mine <laughs> was right, right on the nose. On the nose, yeah. So there was this huge square box
1: yep, on the true. front of my airplane. I think the canopy on on my airplane probably blanked off some of the, or at least smoothed out some of the air yeah. around the camera behind it. So I don't feel like the drag of the camera on mine was probably as much, had much of an effect as the Camera position on yours. Yeah. So
0: And that's what I'm going with. So I, I yeah. would like to go out there sometime and, and try it again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Everything the there's, same. There's, so
1: there's more in both of them. Yeah. I mean, there's no question tinkering with uh, different things, you know, like the camera position or the props, even uh, tuning on my, in, you know, in the case of, of mine, I, I think there's, I think 100 is reachable.
0: Well, I would like to try a two blade prop. Yeah. Like I think that yep. would probably be a little bit faster. Um, Wouldn't look as cool. You're right. I you've said before that the three blades look I better. I do like the look of the three blades. Um but I think the two blades will be quicker.
1: I I agree. Yeah, I think well the two blades are, are, are probably going to be more efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to develop more thrust, so Yeah. Um with an with an electric it's weird though because you know with an electric motor the idea is to, you know, keep the motor in that in that that range where it, you know, amp draw versus RPM and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, you'd have to get the right two-blade, and I don't know what it is for those motors. You'd have to, you know, get a watt meter or something like that. Yeah. I, um, but on a nitro motor, yeah, I I think there's, yeah, I'm definitely more in mind. Maybe a smaller diameter prop with a little more leaning on the needles.
0: Yeah, it could yeah. be. Our, our plan is to both hit 100.
1: I mean, and, and really – yeah, definitely.
0: Like, I, if you're faster than me, but I still hit 100, I'm happy.
1: Yeah. Uh, there, there's no question in, in my mind that both airplanes are capable of 100 mile an hour.
0: Yeah. Especially yeah. with that close without yeah. trying.
1: Yeah. And in the video, I mean, after, after going back and watching the video, a couple of, well, okay, more than a couple. I like watching those videos, by the way. Those, those are really cool. Yeah. Um, you did a really good job editing them. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but after listening to, to, the, to the engines on mine, it's, it's funny how the day of they sounded fine, and then going back and listening to the video or watching the video and listening to the engines, like, wow, I really could have done a better job tuning them.
0: <laughs> you, so I didn't think anything about yours until I heard mine run. So mm-hmm. mine sounded like they spooled up a lot more than yours did. Yeah, or more, if not a lot more. But you know, yes, sounded like I was running a higher RPM than yep. you were, which I was not expecting that.
1: Yeah, and it may sound that way because of the different prop too. That could be. Um, but yeah, they definitely definitely sounded different. And um, I will say
0: something that's probably very unpopular. I like the sound of
1: mine oh, so I thought you're, much more I thought than gonna, I like the sound I of so yours. So thought you were going to say you like the sound of mine, but of course not.
0: Well, I like it, but not as much as mine. There's just, I don't know. And maybe it's the, the propellers or what. If I put the same props on that you have, maybe I won't like it as much. I don't know. But I just think it sounds
1: cool. It it does. <clears throat> and I, I like, like the, the th- sound of them both.
0: I like the counter-rotating
1: props, yeah. too. And looking at that video, I, like, I can't believe how fast yours accelerates. Well, it's electric. Well, that's true. There's That's like true. It's like an I mean, on-off it's, switch. Yeah, it's right there. When yeah. you
0: need it, it's right there. That's true. But it does it does
1: accelerate uh, really, really quickly. So
0: Yet another reason, electric is superior to oh, nitro. Oh,
1: boy. Here we go.
0: Plus, I don't have to tune mine.
1: Nah, nah, nah,
0: How blah, long are you blah, trying blah, to start blah. yours and tune yours and do all this kind of stuff? And I'm just sitting there like drinking a cup of coffee waiting for you to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: I didn't have to go out early to tune my motors.
1: Nope, you didn't.
0: But anyway. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna bring you to, to electric hey, listen, one of these days. i listen. I've I have never I have never once claimed on any of our episodes to this point that uh, there was anything wrong with electric. No, you're right. They are they are supremely convenient. Yeah. But I'm I'm a hobbyist. I like to tinker and electrics they work. So, so what am well. I? Am I not? They work so well <laughs> that you don't have to tinker with them.
0: So am I not a hobbyist? Then is that what no, you're? you're saying?
1: a hobbyist. You're just not a tinkerer. No. That's, when it comes
0: to the engine, that's true. The power plant. When I'm ready for something to work, I want it to work. Exactly. So and, and be nothing, clean.
1: I mean, that's just you know preference. E- exactly. Which um, is which is
0: why our team works so well. Yeah.
1: And you know, like I've said before, I have a couple of electric airplanes, and I I like them. I just don't like them as much as my nitros. Yeah. Even though they do frustrate me sometimes.
0: Okay. Right. So are we ready to get back to Phil's question? Back to Phil's question. Okay. Phil, how do you know if an airplane is fixable or if it's time to move on? And I'll add a little bit to that. If it's time to move on, what do you do with the carnage? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Because yeah. if you got to move on, there's still something that can be done with it. Yeah. In front of us right here, this beautiful airplane. Um
1: is a prime example of an airplane. What? It is an airplane, and it is a prime example of an airplane oh. because it's an airplane. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> you tickle yourself. It's a prime example of an airplane that was, I guess we'll just say, uh, it had a rough landing. Yeah.
1: That's putting it-
0: Putting it Mildly. Mildly. Um, this is the one I talked about a couple months ago on the podcast that was given to me by an older gentleman at the field. Um, mm-hmm. He had the unfortunate mishap with it. Um, to him, it was beyond repair. Right. When I saw it, it looks to me completely fixable. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads me to my first point. Of, you know, answering Phil. So the answer to his question is going to depend on who you're talking to. Uh, some people will fix or try to fix almost anything. Yeah. Uh, other people will move on, even just the simplest of fixes, they won't even try it. Right. Uh, so on this one, I will be repairing the firewall very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks a lot worse than it is. Yeah. And, and they usually do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll be doing a video on that. So kind Sweet. of be- Kind of be looking out for that yeah. in the near future, yeah. or not too distant future, yeah. um, because there's our, really not a lot that goes
1: into it. Yeah, I think our listeners would would appreciate a maybe a, some kind of a demonstration of how to how to repair. So,
0: not to sound bad, but for us to do repair videos on airplanes that have crashed, we have to have airplanes that have crashed. <laughs> and we don't tend to crash yeah, airplanes. We have to get them
1: from other people right now. So, Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. No, it's a good thing, but
0: it, it makes it difficult for us to do repair videos on airplanes. It does. So, Reggie, if you're listening. Oh, <laughs> no. Sorry, Reggie. Keep flying, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He flies a Pro- lot. Provide us I mean, he with really does. more. Uh, I don't want to say ammo. Provide us with more content. Subject matter. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, Tom, we crashed.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's never a good feeling, you know, after a crash. Um, But uh, what do you do next, right? Um, So I'll just get right into it. So immediately following a crash, um, I have experience at this, and most of us do. I do too. Um, If you don't already know why you crashed... You know, it's one thing if you crash because you did something stupid, like I did a loop too low or I tried to do something fancy to show off for my wife, girlfriend, husband, significant other, best Or you friend. thought you could do it. Or I thought I could do it, but I couldn't. Because That's you've done thing. it on a simulator before yeah, and it's <laughs> right. not the same thing in oh, real life. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. do it on the simulator. I can do it in front of me. Been Bang. there, done that. Right. <laughs> um, so that— you already know why you crashed because you did something silly. Um, but if you don't already know, uh, you want to try to determine what caused the crash, uh, if you can, so you don't repeat that. Um, and to do that, uh, when you when you come up on the, to the crash site, if the plane is mostly intact um, and the battery is still connected, that's a key that's a key point. Um, try to operate the radio system. Um, you know, if it's still operational, maybe you can look at the uh, at the linkages, you know, or um, you know, to or check the hinges on the control surfaces for flutter, or see if there was some sort of a mechanical failure that maybe or might see if the servo it.
0: isn't working or exactly yeah,
1: you have to be careful with servos. Uh, sometimes they break gear trains in the crash, uh, so a noisy servo at the crash site is not necessarily an indicator of what caused it, but it could certainly uh, it could certainly maybe lead you down, uh, a path to finding, you know, what the reason was. Um, so also something you could check is if, uh, I, I'm not familiar with Futaba equipment or anything other than Spectrum really well, and other than FlySky now as well, <laughs> uh, uh, with a Spectrum, with Spectrum receivers, they will, uh, if there's, if it's still powered on, uh, when you get to the crash site, they will tell you if they got like a, you know, a hold or if there was frame loss that, you know, by, by the number of blinking lights and it's in the manual for every receiver that you get from uh, spectrum. Um, if they, if they have that, it's flight log. Um, and most of them have it. Hmm. Um, but they will tell you, you know, maybe you had a hold or maybe the, maybe the, uh, radio system, you know, had a, a brown out or a brown out as a loss of signal. Um,
0: well, the brown c- out is not a loss of signal as much as it's a Loss of power. Loss of power.
1: Excuse me. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, loss of power. Um, but anyway, if, if, if everything is intact and the battery is still plugged in and everything is still kind of working, you can move through the control surfaces and check the airplane out mechanically. And obviously, if the radio is working, you can kind of maybe look at the receiver if it's a spectrum and, and determine if it's you know a radio issue. If the unfortunate event is that the battery is unplugged when you get there, well, I wouldn't necessarily recommend plugging it back in and checking everything unless you are for sure confident <laughs> that the LiPo isn't ready to just explode in your face. Yeah. Because sometimes, that's, yeah, there's it,
0: a difference between lipo crashes and and nitro crashes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, lipos, if they're if they get deformed in a crash, there's a there's a good possibility uh, that the uh, internal short or, or whatever happens inside a lipo battery yeah. uh, can make it uh, do its uh, thing that you can't reverse. You know, that's
0: you mean catching on fire and exploding, go up in
1: flames and yeah, yeah potentially. So if it's unplugged, uh, leave it unplugged. Uh, Maybe when you get back to the workbench, plug it into a good battery and kind of operate the controls if you can um, to try to rule out any mechanical issues or anything like that. Um, But if you sometimes, sometimes you may never know. Sometimes you may have crashed and you just don't know what happened. It's been my experience when that happens, it's usually some kind of pilot error. Um, (laughs) To be honest, (laughs) you're right. I, 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 you know, I've gotten disoriented uh, before and crashed because of that. Um, so, usually, if you can't find a mechanical reason or a you know some kind of a radio malfunction, more often than not, it's it's some form of pilot error. Usually, disorientation close to the ground is usually uh, the culprit.
0: Well, and that reminds me. So, not only is it disorientation, but sometimes things will happen uh, and you don't actually know what happened. So, I remember it was my. I think it was my edge, the that seagull edge that I had, the first or second time I flew that, when I was coming in for a landing, I couldn't tell you what happened. It just fell out of the air. I mean, I thought I was going fast enough. I thought I was in good shape. Um, but luckily, it was on video. Hmm. And even after watching the video, I wasn't sure what happened. But I think it was you and a couple other guys I showed it to. Uh, and you said I stalled. Mm-hmm. would not have thought that at the speed of that airplane. Yeah. That's um, pilot error. Right. But having it on video. <laughs> oh, yeah, that helped. Having it on video helped because then I could actually blame myself and see <laughs> what I did as opposed to doubting that it was something else. Oh, I gotcha. Um, yeah. So that airplane obviously was different than anything else I had flown up to that point. Mm-hmm. That was a, you know, that's a pretty fast airplane, aerobatic type airplane. Yeah. Um, that you have to keep your speed up on. Yes. Like even with landing, you couldn't go under half throttle ish, mm-hmm. um, or else it would just lose too much airspeed. Yeah,
1: um, and and that's another that's another common. Uh, we're not the the focus of this episode is not to like prevent crashes, but yeah, usually uh, <laughs> too slow on landing. That's another common uh, reason for what they've this got one on the also, table. Also, yeah. Uh, so what, if, what should you do next? Like, uh, so you've, you've made it to the crash site and you've determined what caused the crash, whatever, whatever that is, uh, what you should do next, uh, if it hasn't already been done by the impact, you should unplug all the batteries. Uh, like, like, you know, like I said, lipos, if they get deformed in a crash, they can, they can go off. And when you,
0: sorry, when you say all the batteries, there are some people that don't know yeah. what all batteries you're talking about, because some of the airplanes we fly have three batteries in them.
1: Right. Uh, unplug them all. Whatever batteries in the airplane, unplug there you them go. all um, just to be safe. Nickel, metal, hydride type batteries like our regular receiver packs like we use in nitro airplanes um, or gassers even some sometimes, um, those are usually a little more robust. They can usually tolerate uh, impact, um, but I don't take any chances with uh, lithium polymers, lithium ions, any of the lithium uh, type batteries. Just unplug it. Uh, put it someplace safe where if it does catch fire, um, that it's not going to destroy anything else. Uh,
0: yeah, any of the types of batteries that are malleable.
1: Exactly. Anything that'll move, anything right. that'll
0: bend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because that's um, what happens in an impact.
1: Yeah, exactly. Stuff moves <laughs> when it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so what you should do next after you've unplugged everything, um, collect all the pieces and kind of get an overall impression of the scope. Even if you ha- if you're not into rebuilding or you're, you're sure you're not going to rebuild it. Collect all the pieces and, and kind of get an overall impression of the scope of a potential rebuild because you never know. You may want to. Um, and you can kind of get a, a an indication of how tough that's going to be by how many pieces there are and how big those pieces that are left are. And also...
0: Pick everything up because somebody yes. else might want to rebuild exactly. it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that was gonna that was gonna be uh, one of the things I talked about next. Collect oh, all the sorry. pieces. That's okay. Even if you don't plan on rebuilding it, collect mm-hmm. all the pieces because you may change your mind. You may decide later on that uh, you want to rebuild it, and now it's two weeks later, and it's rained, and the pieces have blown away, or somebody else uh, has picked them up, or maybe somebody else might want to say, "Hey, listen, I'll rebuild that for you." You know, because I knew that meant something to you. If you don't have all the pieces, it makes the rebuild even that much harder. Yeah. Um, but when you're looking at the pieces, you want to pay close attention to uh, the tricky parts uh, that might be hard to replicate. Uh, and that's usually – that some of the more tricky pieces, for me anyway, uh, are the wing uh, saddle area, like where the wing and the fuselage kind of come together. Yeah. Um, if, if that – if those pieces are largely intact, then – that's a that's a pretty good start on a rebuild because usually uh, as long as that area of the airplane is is intact, you're not going to have to worry about wing incidents and things like that when you're doing your repair. So if those areas are really really uh, splintered really badly, then yeah maybe maybe it's it's beyond beyond uh, rebuild and maybe you just need a new airplane at that point but
0: maybe it's beyond rebuild for you. But you never know, That's and the true. other thing too that makes a big difference is if you have the plans for it. Mm-hmm. We made fun of Tom before for keeping all his old plans, but you know there's a there's a reason for it sometimes. So yeah. if something happens to a plane yeah. you built,
1: and and there's a, there's I mean. Not to get too off topic, but there is a good argument for not hanging on to all the plans because of all the websites out there that have free plans and stuff like that. But not all the plans are out there, as you've recently discovered.
0: They aren't, and if you can't print them yourself, then that makes it a lot more difficult too. True. Exactly. So it's funny how we've kind of switched <laughs> switched mm-hmm. positions
1: on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so next, yeah, collect, collect all the pieces. Um, the decision to rebuild is, is going to depend on many, many, many things. Uh, it's going to depend on the damage, where the damage is at. Um, and like I said, you know, some parts are going to be easier to repair, uh, than others. Um,
0: like honestly, and I know not everybody's watching on, on YouTube, but this plane that's sitting in front of me, it's a great example. This is probably one of the easiest repairs that we would have to make to an airplane. It looks bad. It really does. It looks terrible. Um, but it's not going to be that difficult to, to fix it all.
1: No. No, because you have all the pieces. For, for the
0: most part. For yeah, the most part. Not everything. And, and but the yeah.
1: pieces that, you, that, that are missing are easy oh. enough to, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh,
0: reimagine, not reimagine, re engineer.
1: Re engineer, yeah. Um, like one of but, the biggest... but you can tell the shape of the piece that it's supposed to be because yeah. of the piece that's missing, you know, is a, is a key piece or is a piece that's just filler or or whatever. Um, so, yeah, you'll be able to, to make the pieces you need. And basically, you'll have a new airplane yeah. or a new front end, at least on this airplane, because you'll have the correct pieces in place. And there won't really be any uh, reinforcement necessary because you'll be putting original type yeah. pieces where they were in their original location. So... Um, even though it looks bad, it's, it's not. Right. Um, This
0: is like, I said, one of the easiest repairs that we could have had to have done for an
1: airplane. It's not all like splintered up, like, you know, like sometimes they can get and (laughs) Like some of our other crashes. Yeah. And and splinters are like, you know, puzzle pieces. They usually kind of only fit together one way. Um, and if you can recreate that part of the airplane by putting the splinters together, sometimes you can use that, even though that part is not usable, you can, Use that as a template to make a new part that is usable. So, yeah.
0: And I um, don't like puzzles though. That's, <laughs> that's the worst part. Sometimes I, I, it's gosh. the challenge
1: of it. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, if, if you're up for a challenge and you want to rebuild something, sometimes that plays into the decision too.
0: It does feel good though when you break something apart. Like I, when I tried to, re, to rebuild the uh, doula swing the first time <laughs> after it splintered, a lot of those went together very nicely. Mm-hmm. I mean, like almost to the point where you know you could the the part that you put in you could take your hand off of it and fling it around and it didn't fall out i mean it was held in nice and tight even yeah. without glue right so sometimes breaks are nice and clean and very easy to repair yeah sometimes
1: yep um so yeah sometimes the, the the choice to to rebuild is a is a personal one um i've repaired planes that other folks uh, didn't want to mess with and i've also given up on planes that other people have had taken and repaired. So, um, yeah. the choice is definitely, definitely personal. Uh, like if I, I can tell you that uh, because the duelist means a lot to me uh, and I have a, a very fond memory of, of, of the original one. And now I have a fond memory of the one, you know, that we, you know, we built together separately. <laughs> um, I, I would have to say that depending on how bad the crash was, I would want to rebuild my duelist if it had crashed. Just because I have that that personal kind of connection uh, connection, I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it means something to me. So I, I feel like it would be worthwhile spending my time putting it back together. Um, nostalgia, you yeah, know? I can see so, that. So, You know, sometimes a, a plane brings back fond memories, like a duelist, and uh, uh, you know, a photograph of it's not gonna not gonna satisfy the the <laughs> the nostalgia uh, that you have with that airplane. So you know, sometimes that may you know, be a reason to, to rebuild it. So.
0: And hopefully you never have to figure that one out.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, in the case of this example here, it's a good way to get an airplane cheap. Yeah. If you decide to, yeah, to rebuild one, maybe that someone else has given up on, usually yeah. they're willing to give it away to somebody who will put it back together, and that's how you got this one.
0: Yep. Goose egg. That's what I paid for it. So, yeah. so this is going to be a great flying airplane too.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted one of these, so yay.
1: Yeah, so those are some of the reasons or some of the factors that may play into the decision to repair or, you know, maybe pass it on to someone else or just put it in the dumpster.
0: Like the Telemaster.
1: Exactly, like the telemaster. Dumpster planes. Dumpster planes. Yep. Oh, and you got the, that one for free. Yeah, and what, uh, the, 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 the Shrikes. The Shrikes. Which we haven't touched yeah. those yet, but yeah. Nah, those are going to be easy repairs, though. Oh, I think so. Yeah, so. One uh, day. Speaking of repairs— mm-hmm. There's a few different techniques you can use to repair, um, you know, crashed airplanes. Um, basically, it all boils down to uh, reassembling the pieces and reinforcing the joints. I mean, that's you know, the larger the reinforcement, usually the stronger the joint. A uh, few things to to remember about repairs: um, epoxy is heavy, uh, especially if it, it, it and it builds up pretty quickly on on larger repairs. Uh, so me personally, I use CA where, wherever possible um, for repairs, uh, especially if uh, you have good tight-fitting joints.
0: Yeah, it um, wicks in very nicely.
1: Yeah, uh, and it actually makes a quite a strong joint, especially if it's properly reinforced. Yeah. A um, little something about covering. Most ARFs these days, uh, they use a covering that is compatible with either monocoat or it's compatible with ultracoat. And you can usually tell the difference by the sheen. Um, monocoat compatible materials are usually really highly gloss finished, very, very shiny. Um, and ultra coat for the most part is less so not that it's dull. It just doesn't have that really ultra glossy look to it.
0: So that's something you would have to learn just by looking. Cause well, I have no clue what you're talking about on that. Okay.
1: Really. Well, I mean, okay. Fair statement. Um, but, uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, <laughs> if you – another way you could tell the difference, um, usually Ultra Coat or Ultra Coat-compatible type uh, coverings, when you peel it off of the wood, will usually leave its um, adhesive along with the coloring behind on the airframe. Uh, Monocoat sometimes will leave, uh, will leave its adhesive behind, uh, but Ultra Coat does that more. And usually in larger sections. Like Monaco, when you peel it off of wood, you may get little strips like where glue was underneath uh, of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultracoat will leave big patches of color behind. So that's so one way that, you could tell.
0: Yeah, that's a good way if you're peeling, or peeling it off. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing with this airplane, which this is the, the pilotus Porter PC-6. Mm-hmm.
1: Did I say that right? P- I think PC-6, yeah. Yeah. Or 7. I'm not no, sure. No, it's a 6. I six. know that. There you
0: go. But none of the covering got messed up. I know. So that's that's the that's other thing so that makes awesome. it so much easier for a fix. It's all just plywood, and yeah. So and there was
1: no cowl to worry about, right?
0: No, the cowl was fine.
1: That's awesome. Like it had
0: a little crack in it that just got glued back together. Perfect. So that's why I said this is probably the easiest fix ever for an yeah. airplane.
1: Yeah. Ever. Um. One more thing I, w- I want to talk about repair techniques is try to avoid the use of uh, plywood and hardwood, um, and reserve those for for really key areas like, uh, firewalls, uh, maybe the wing saddle areas, um, because it's heavy and balsa when it's, you know, when the joints fit well and when it's, you know, properly reinforced, um, balsa is actually quite strong. So, um, and light. So, you know, repair usually adds weight. You want to try to add as minimal weight as possible.
0: Well, it's a good idea to kind of try and replace it with what was there. Yeah. So if yep. it was light ply, use that. If it was balsa, use that. Don't don't complicate things right. by yep. adding a whole bunch of other wood and, and joints and stuff to it if you don't need to. Exactly.
1: Yep. All right. So you've decided that uh, you don't want to repair it. No one else wants to repair it. It's way too far gone. Yep. So there's some things you can do, though, to help yourself uh, before throwing it in the trash can.
0: First off, see if there's anything salvageable and make it wall art. Yes. Right? It does make an interesting conversation piece. It does. Sticking out of my wall in the dining room. Yeah. Like I don't even see it anymore. I don't either. Actually, I forgot it was there until people bring it up.
1: Yeah. So um, large pieces like that, they do make for entertaining uh, conversation pieces. Like if you got a man cave, you can stick like a – usually the tail – it's weird. The tail usually survives – well, to some degree. It's
0: because it's towards the back of the airplane. They usually crash, true. you know, front end first. Front
1: first. That's that's absolutely true. <laughs> um usually. But yeah, they they make uh, for interesting things if you want to put in your man cave and then you can tell all your buddies what happened, how awesome the crash was. Um And hopefully have video of it. And yeah, if you got video, even better. Um, But yeah, before you throw it in the trash can, there's stuff that you can take off of it, right? Um, Obviously, you want to remove the expensive pieces because you don't want to have to buy them again. And if you decide that uh, maybe that particular airplane, you're going to go bigger, maybe you're going to go smaller and you don't need those pieces, save them anyway because you never know. Like when your hangar starts to get bigger and more full, maybe you'll want that size airplane again and you've got already the expensive pieces if they survive the crash.
0: And depending on what it is too, like when I crashed my Super Sportster, um, that was still one that was being made. Mm -hmm. So I was able to buy a replacement airframe, Mm -hmm. uh, which really made the decision to repair or you know, replace a lot easier. Yeah. But saving all the stuff off that old airplane too, Mm -hmm. gives me spares for this new one. Yeah. And that's been a long time ago and I still have it.
1: Yep. So some of the stuff you can save, um, servos, um, but, uh, you know, before you put any kind of trust in the, in the servos, you want to operate them, uh, preferably, you know, operate them with a load on them of some kind, uh, listen for noisy gears, things like that. Uh, that will usually indicate a shock to the gear train, so the gears may not live very long. So you're not obviously going to want to put that servo in another airplane, unless it's an expensive servo, which you can replace the gears or send it to to get it repaired.
0: You are much more forgiving with servos than I am. Uh, that's true. I am. I'm like to me, a servo is such an easy failure point that they're so inexpensive that if I'm not completely sure if it's a plane I care about. Yes. If yep. I'm not completely sure about it, I'm just going to replace it.
1: And I, and I'm, I'm coming more and more to, to that same point of view that, that, that uh, like I like to buy spectrum radio equipment. Uh, I like to support, you know, the hobby brands, but honestly, in some of our less expensive airplanes, I, you know, that with the Amazon servos that we can get for four bucks or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't even, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I don't take the risk anymore either. Yeah. Um, because it just doesn't make sense.
0: And once again, that depends on the airplane. Right, right. If it's um, a, a cheap throwaway plane, four dollar servos are fine. Yeah. If exactly. not, the fifteen dollar high tech servos that are the same size are even better. You know?
1: <laughs> right. Um uh, but something something I will spend a, a little bit more time on, and that's the receiver. Um receivers, spectrum receivers are much more expensive than, you know fly sky in this case receivers Orange um, RX or orange Old or lemon, lemon or whatever yeah. whatever your uh, whatever your flavor of the week is um, <laughs> because I spend the money on on the goods you know, in my case spectrum receivers um, I'll do a if it's a, if it's one of Spectrum's lower end receivers, I'll do a uh, I'll check it out. You know, I'll do a full range test on it uh, with with load. You know, with you know, as much load as I can put on a, as if it was in an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it, pass, it passes a, a range test, I, I call that receiver good, and I put it in the next airplane. Now, uh, I do have Spectrum receivers that are not on the cheap end of the scale, and for those, uh, luckily, Horizon is not too far away from us here. Uh, and they have a they have a really good service department. So on on some of my like a PowerSafe receiver or something like that, if it's been in a crash like a significant crash, um, I don't even risk it. I just send it to Horizon, let them do their their checks. They can put it on an oscilloscope and do all their. Cool stuff to make sure that receiver is okay.
0: And really, by the way, it doesn't have anything to do with how close we are to them. You can do no, that that's no matter true. where you
1: live. Absolutely. Well, and I guess what I'm saying is, it's we get a little bit quicker turnaround because we're closer. But they're they're pretty yeah, quick with their times. yeah they're pretty quick with their turnaround. Like when they receive something in the shop, usually they don't have it very long, two three days, and they're shipping it back to you. So yeah, um, so on a receiver, I'll I'll you know range test. On the sport receivers and the more expensive ones, I'll just, I don't even risk it. I send it off. If it's one of the uh, $15 FlySky receivers, I'll do a range check. And if I'm going to put it in a fairly inexpensive airplane, if it passes the range check, I'll call it good and I'll stick it back in. Yeah. No problem.
0: So have you ever been charged for uh, sending stuff back into
1: Horizon? So in the many years that I've been doing this, I've sent stuff to Horizon exactly twice. Hmm. and I have yet to pay for any service that they have provided for me. Now that's, I'm not going to say that's the norm. Um, I've sent a transmitter. This has been quite a few years ago. I sent a transmitter in for them to work on. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a transmitter that was a new one. It was not under warranty or anything like that. Uh, they performed their check. I think they updated it. I, I think they may have, this may have been like a uh, 90, 1991 when we did the whole <laughs> narrowband thing. Way back when. Um, but anyway, no charge then. And then I did send them a receiver here a couple of years ago and again, no charge.
0: Yeah. So I've sent in a servo that oh, yeah. was locked up. Like yep. I knew it wasn't any good and they put new gears and did whatever they needed to do on that. No charge, yeah. which was nice. And I sent them a receiver to check out too. And yeah. they sent it back to me without any, any invoicing. Yeah. So yeah, once again not saying that's the norm, but they right. they're pretty good with stuff.
1: So. one more one more reason why I I don't buy the the cheap stuff I buy, you know, the I, I can't really say hobby grade stuff anymore because even the cheap stuff is is hobby grade. I mean, this radio that we're testing here is a perfect example. It it works perfectly. Yeah. Um, so but anyway, I will I'll, I'll, I'll uh, stick with my Spectrum stuff and I'm sure a few top people will stick with their Futaba stuff. Uh, but anyway. Uh one of the other things you can save out of your airplane is the battery. Uh, and in this case, I'm specifically talking about radio batteries, like a nickel metal hydride or, or a nickel cadmium, you know, if you, if you have the older uh, chemistry battery. Like I said, those are pretty robust. Usually they uh, they survive pretty well yeah. um, if you can find them. Um, <laughs> I say that because I've lost an airplane because yeah. the yeah. receiver battery your came, hatch. Out, came out of the airplane. That Yeah, that was – I mean – and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, uh, those usually survive okay. Something you can do to check them, uh, do a cycle, uh, make sure it, it's still putting out the the milliamps that it's uh, supposed to. Um, and for me personally, if it passes a, a cycle, then I call it good and uh, stash it away for the next airplane.
0: Yeah. There's uh, not a lot that goes wrong with those, really. No,
1: not really. Um, obviously, we've talked about it. Lipos, different story. Uh, what can you do to check those? I mean, is there aside from running a cycle on them and making sure it's not deformed and it doesn't puff up, what other check can you do?
0: Yeah, pretty much that's gonna be your same thing. So if it's deformed, I'm done with it. Like I yeah. don't want to I don't want to chance it. Yeah, it's not worth losing a plane. To a a lipo air or a lipo battery that catches fire or geez, it's not worth losing an airplane to a lipo battery that catches fire when you're flying. Or your house. Or your house.
1: I mean, you store this thing in your garage and it goes off in your garage and I mean.
0: Yeah. So those are, those are best. I mean, they really are inexpensive enough to where they're kind of disposable anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a consumable in my opinion. Yeah. So replace it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, if it, if it, if it's been in a crash and it doesn't look like it's been messed up, I would discharge it, charge it, you know, make sure everything works. And then I would put it back in service. I've done that before. Yeah. But if there's any kind of deformation or anything like that. I mean,
1: we've, I've crashed a few foamies. Um, Me too. And I think I, I don't think I've thrown any batteries away yet from a (laughs) foaming
0: that's because they usually crinkle pretty easy and that you know the front of the foaming kind of makes it into a yeah Yeah. like an airbag
1: Uh, but some of these larger electrics uh, electric powered airplanes um, you know you you get a a a big four cell in the nose of one of these things and it goes in I even if it's not deformed by the crash I'm still very leery Uh, like I'm still scared of lipos yeah I still have a healthy respect for them so I don't
0: I don't risk it that's the best way to be yeah
1: one more thing uh, you can save off the crashed airplane is the uh, the engine or the motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of a nitro engine, um, that's an expensive part of the airplane. You want to try to save it. Probably in the case of a nitro two-stroke with the carburetor mounted on the front, uh, you probably don't want to go up there and just start cranking it over. You know, you don't want to pull all that dirt and stuff further into the engine. Um, but if you give True. the crankshaft, you know, general rocking back and forth, you, you can usually determine if the crankshaft has been, uh, shoved back into the, to the back plate, pretty much rendering that engine useless at that point. Uh, cause so many of these two strokes these days are, uh, old. Like I like older engines, but the, you can't get parts for them. So, um, in the case of this 91 here that we got on the bench that I got from Reggie, that's exactly what had happened to that. And, um, Well, I've got skills. So I was (laughs) able to, I was able to, um, I was able to bring this engine back to life. But the engines, you want to try to save them if you can because they are expensive. Um, But yeah, if uh, generally speaking, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty tough. you know, not all crashes are going to be you know nose dives in from three hundred feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, not all are going to be lawn darts. Right. Exactly. Sometimes it's just a, a bad landing or a, a wing tip touches the ground when you're landing or something yeah, like that, yeah. and the motor is going to be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. These things are these things are are uh, constructed pretty beefy. You know, they have large bearings on the crankshafts, and the crankshafts themselves are usually pretty stout. Uh, so, generally speaking, they'll survive a crash. Uh, so you want to save those. Now the big gassers you know, like a 50cc, you know, um, aerobatic plane that goes in, even, even just a prop strike sometimes can bend a crankshaft. Yeah. Um, so cheap insurance to send an engine like that, uh, you know, to the service, uh, either DA or DLE or, or whatever, whatever your you know favorite is.
0: Yeah. Um, they'll go over them and make sure everything's working
1: well and yeah. make sure the crank is straight. You know, they'll put mm-hmm. a dial indicator on it make sure the run out is within tolerance. Uh, you don't want to go put in a, you know, a big engine like that. That's, uh, Got a bent crankshaft, it'll vibrate your next airplane to pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but electric motors, you can, um, I mean, what would you look for on an electric motor?
0: Well, actually, going back to the bigger engines on the on airplanes, if you have a bigger engine like that on an airplane and you crash, you're probably going to have more problems than like what we're talking about with these small ones. Yeah. The the bigger right. they are, the I mean, the harder they are to fix. Well,
1: and they're constructed so lightly anyway. Uh, yeah. The big ones are, which is not a bad thing. No, that's great. Until something happens, yeah, they tend to shatter in many, many, many little pieces. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then you get into foam wing, you know, foam core wings that are sheeted, which are a little bit more difficult to to repair, uh, requiring different type technique and stuff like that. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Not impossible, right. but a lot right. more difficult.
1: But yeah, the engines probably. Yeah, like you said, you know, the engines probably going to be least of your worries <laughs> if you're going to be rebuilding an airplane of, of that size.
0: Yeah, anything <laughs> of, of decent scale is going to be hard. Yeah. Um, electric engines, by the way, there's really not much to look at on those. Like, are um, they
1: engines or motors? Electric see, motors. Yeah, Here we go motors. again. Okay, oh, sorry.
0: Whatever. That's fine. Electric <laughs> motors. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, engines, they. Like really, the kind of the only thing you're going to do on that is spin them to see how the bearings are. Uh, okay. If the bearings seem like they're fine and not gritty after a crash, power it up, run it up, and and see what it does. And if mm-hmm. it sounds like it's running fine, I use them.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that, easy that,
0: enough. Yeah, there's not a lot. You'll know quickly if it's going to be bad.
1: That's true. And if and and the risk, you know, of of putting a motor that's bad on an airplane, um, e- even a nitro motor, is low. Because if it doesn't run right, or if it doesn't power up like it's supposed to, obviously not going to fly it like that. Right. So you'll know right away, just like you said, you'll, you'll yeah, you'll know if it's if it's good or not. So.
0: Electric is just so much simpler. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, there's it's so much easier to deal with. <laughs> uh huh. Uh
1: huh. You done? All right. Just uh, getting started, by the way. Listen. Finally, um, on the airplane, before you toss it in the trash can, after you've decided not to rebuild it, um, usually there's a fair amount of hardware. Uh, that yeah. you can reuse. I mean, nuts, bolts, screws, washers, all wheels, that sort of thing. Wheel collars, wheels, wheel collars, um, push rods, even sometimes clevises. Uh, the the uh, um, gosh darn it, it just escapes. spit
0: it out. Uh, What's it look like? Uh,
1: the thing that the push rods connect to at the control surface. The horns. Horns. Thank you. Wow. You know, sometimes, senior moment. Old age.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it
1: happens. Um, But yeah, control horns, sometimes, uh, most of the time, those uh, survive uh, crashes. And I've got like a whole, well, anyway, (laughs) I'm kind of a scavenger. So if I see, you know, if I'm at the field and I see somebody's crashed, you know, recently, you know, there's components in the trash can. I'll look at the components and if there's stuff on it I can use, I pull it off there. There's nothing wrong with Um, that.
0: That's money in the trash can I mean really Well it is yeah
1: essentially if you had to buy it new right exactly um, but yeah any any hardware you can pull off of it's gonna gonna save you save you money over time and you know the more of that stuff you collect, the bigger your part stash gets so the next time you need a part for something you don't have to run to the hobby shop which is two hours away for us to go get it. you got it right there in your part stash
0: yep why so it's always good to have a friend like Tom when you need something because he's a hoarder and he's I'm a, not keep a hoarder with RC airplane parts.
1: I mean like my Okay, well I don't want to offend anyone but my image of a hoarder is like you have paths to walk around and that's it. Like you can That's kind of where you are in your basement with all your hobby my, stuff. My stuff is well it's organized. It's organized,
0: but there's a lot and then it's hard to get to. Like when we were talking the other day and I said something about a spinner, you pulled out a box just full of spinners and you're like, would any of these
1: work? <laughs> right? I have yet to find a, a spot for those. So they're in a bag. Yes. I, I suppose I could see why you would say that. But I've cleaned down there recently. Well, I don't want you to think I was saying it in a bad way. And it's-, it's... Like it's a
0: good hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay, a collector of all things, RC, of all things airplanes. RC airplanes. Well, I do I'm Good with that? Uh, yeah, that that'll work. Okay. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> He's his own hobby shop. So that's fine.
1: Except servo extensions. I just uh, realized that I'm out of servo. I don't have to make a trip to the hobby shop to get more.
0: And those are expensive.
1: I know. I make are. my
0: own. You know I know you don't like that,
1: but I make I've, my own. Yeah, I mean I've got the tools to do it and the and the stuff, but I just, I don't know.
0: That's another show. Yeah. Anyway, what else? Is there anything else you can do?
1: Uh, no, that's, Is I that mean, everything? that, uh, I think that was, uh, that pretty much covers um, the factors. Rashes and the, what to the, do with The, them. the factor, yeah. yeah, the factors I, that I use to determine whether to rebuild one and if I decide not to, what to save off of it. Yeah. Pretty much well, covers it all, I think. Okay. Awesome then. I'm finished. <laughs> We're done, really? I think so. All right. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been to our YouTube channel yet, um, go there, and check it out. Uh, there's a g- really great video that Ron put together of our uh, maiden flights of the duelists. Um, and there's a video that you put on there here just recently of your first flight with your huge yak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's some stuff to look at and there's going to be some stuff uh, popping up there here in the future. So if you haven't been to our YouTube channel yet, go check it out and uh, smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> really <laughs> i heard another youtuber say it so i thought i don't know maybe that's what they say i i smash that like button I think or it's, just click it is usually is it like what i do down i don't here, even know think, right. it's
0: around somewhere uh, somewhere actually i don't know on what side yeah whatever yeah, it's right here anyway that just click like <laughs> and subscribe and whatever else you're supposed to i don't even know what you do on youtube i just watch stuff yeah me too Okay, anything else now? That's it. That's all I okay. that's all I got. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening. Until yeah. next time. Yeah.
1: No, seriously, thank you. Yeah, for yes. listening. Until next time.
0: <laughs> Until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night.
1: Good night.